0: Support for the WSHU podcast Off the Path comes from Webster Private Bank with personalized wealth management services to help clients move forward confidently. Websterbank.com slash private banking member FDIC and from Pair in America, Cultural Exchange Childcare for more than 30 years, OPERINAMERICA.com. Two 19th century paleontologists spent decades in a bitter feud to find as many new dinosaur species as possible and destroy each other in the process. The battle has been called the Bone Wars and their rivalry led to the discovery of many important dinosaur species we know today. The best place to see evidence of the Bone Wars is at the Peabody Museum in New Haven, Connecticut. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. I find the quirky and compelling stories and histories on the road from New York to Boston. Today I'm in the Peabody Museum's Great Hall of Dinosaurs. Smack in the middle of the cavernous room is an almost complete skeleton of a brontosaurus the size of a school bus, the stuff that movies are made
1: of. This room was actually designed with the brontosaurus in mind. Paleontologist Daniel Brinkman walks through here almost every day.
0: He works in the museum's fossil department. The brontosaurus was named by O.C. Marsh, one of the founders of the Peabody Museum. But he didn't just name the brontosaurus.
1: He also named our stegosaurus, our camptosaurus, and then in the corner, our three triceratops scars. And Marsh had a nemesis. His name was
0: Edward Drinker Cope, a Philadelphia paleontologist. Theirs is one of the
1: nastiest rivalries in the history of science. They were both ambitious men, and it was actually sort of a a perfect storm that came together in order to cause this rivalry. The two were friends at first. They even named species of
0: fossils after each other. The seeds of the rivalry may have started in New Jersey. Marsh visited one of Cope's dig sites and cut a deal with the operators to send him some fossils. But the relationship was about to get worse, much worse.
1: More and more pioneers went west, and these settlers then started finding fossils in their backyard. Daniel Brinkman says Marsh hired a few settlers to go out and collect
0: all the bones they could find. Word spread there were some strange things buried in the dust.
1: As soon as these big bones started ending up on the train platforms, the locals started knowing about it. And once locals found out about it, the uh, newspaper reporters found out about it, Then the news was all across the country about these gigantic bones being found uh, in the Rocky Mountain region.
0: Edward Drinker Cope wanted in on these discoveries, too. But instead of sitting behind a desk and waiting for the bones to come to him,
1: he headed west to dig in the same area. Marsh felt he had staked his claim, and so uh, he was pretty miffed at Cope for now going west himself. And here's where the
0: real rivalry begins— Cope's men stole bones belonging to Marsh from shipping crates. Some sources report their teams spied on each other and sabotaged each
1: other's digs. There's even a hoax in the records. Some of Marsh's workmen knew that Cope and his people would cover the same ground as soon as they abandoned it. And so they created a uh, fake animal. Sure enough, a short time later, Cope went over that ground Found that specimen and then described it as a new animal. Years later, Cope said, I guess I fell for that one. Daniel Brinkman leads me out of the main
0: hall and down into the bowels of the museum. There's a labyrinth of underground storage
1: rooms most visitors never see. Okay, so let's go into one of our other rooms where I've laid out a few things. Sure, all right, so I'll be straight ahead.
0: Laid out on tables are the bones of dinosaurs and ancient mammals, Marsh and Cope collected on their digs. Even more bones line the shelves around them. There are thousands of specimens down here. Scientists still study them. Marsh and Cope were nothing if not productive,
1: even if they were a bit sloppy in their work. In this rush to name as many things as they could, for the dinosaurs alone, they named over 140 new species, 37 of which now are still valid. We're still correcting the errors. Brinkman leads me to yet another room, to show me Edward
0: Drinker Cope's magnum opus. And we have a copy of it here. He pulls out a mammoth leather-bound hardcover book. Inside is what appears to be endless details of Cope's findings.
1: It has 1,009 pages of text and something like 134 lithographic plates. It measures four and three quarters inches in thickness and it's lovingly referred to by paleontologists as Cope's Bible. Cope planned to release another volume,
0: but his government funding was cut off, most likely the result of his rival, O.C. Marsh. Marsh had taken a government job with the U.S. Geological Survey. Cope retaliated. He called a friend at the New York Herald, which was a kind of a modern-day National Enquirer.
1: And so in big banner headlines were all these scandalous allegations and how Marsh was benefiting to Cope's expense. Hope's initial allegations actually bordered on (laughs) on libel, (laughs) and and nowadays uh, would probably be sued. They also went at it in the scientific papers. Things started getting so nasty in the scientific papers that the uh, managing editor made an editorial decision that if this dispute was to continue, that they would have to start buying it as advertisement. Marsh actually did do that. The so-called Bone Wars
0: dragged on until both men began to lose money and reputation. Cope sold part of his collection to the American Museum of Natural History. Marsh suffered to the point he couldn't expand his Peabody Museum in New Haven, named for his philanthropic
1: uncle, George Peabody. But they both accomplished great things, and and they really did build the foundation of paleontology in North America. Cope wished for one final
0: matchup with his rival, Cope willed his body to science and challenged Marsh to do the same. This way, their brains could be measured to see whose was bigger. Marsh never took him up on it. (music) This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. I'm on the road in search of stories and histories you might have missed from New York to Boston.